all in the will of names. And so uh, this is week two uh, of our, our series, Multiply. Um, and, you know, I've, I've really struggled um, this week because the sermon today uh, kind of hits hard. And uh, I've just tried to delicately handle it this week for myself. Um, because I know if it was, you know, piercing my heart that much, it's probably going to pierce yours uh, as well. And so uh, last week, uh, what we said was we're going to spend the next five weeks and now the next four weeks um, just dri- drilling in uh, deep on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, what does that exactly entail? And so we're going to be looking again in Matthew chapter 4. Uh, verses 18 and 19. This is going to be our, our verses for the whole entire series um, because I, I want us to, to really get what Jesus was saying. And we're going to hit a lot of, a lot of verses today. Um, but m- primarily, we're going to look at Matthew 4 um, again with verses 18 and 19. This is what um, the Bible says, though. And, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, we talked about that last week with, with the Sea of Galilee, uh, he saw two brothers... Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, and they casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So just a little recap of what went on last week. When we were um, looking for uh, what it meant to be a top recruit, okay, we, we, we talked about how people... Uh, in, in the job places, they go to places like Indeed.com and, and, and all of these searches to find their best recruit. Well, Jesus, you know, thinking about who he was going to go find, uh, he did it a totally different way. Uh, went away off the grid, went out into the middle of a sea, in the middle of a body of water to find two people that he thought were going to follow uh, him. And so he found Andrew and Peter who were brothers. You know, he could have went to the school of rabbis. Uh, He could have went to the synagogues or uh, to a temple. Uh, He could have looked anywhere and everywhere and probably found anybody better than than what he found at the Sea of Galilee. Um, And so instead, we find that Jesus is, is just looking for an ordinary person. We don't have to be extraordinary in our life. We don't have to do uh, these amazing things. Uh, we just have to be willing and available to be used by Him. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to attempt um, to really go into a message, and, and we're going to answer uh, this question. What does Jesus call these ordinary people to do? What does he call us to do? What, what does he call you and I to do? Because if we really look at this, uh, he doesn't call us to be church members. Okay, Let's just get that out the window. We, oh, by the way, we added six new members this week. <laughs> it just so happens we're talking about church membership today. Um, he doesn't call us to be church attenders at, at the end of the day. He doesn't call us to be religious at the end of the day. He doesn't call us to to learn and just soak it all in and to become knowledgeable of the Word of God and never do anything with it. He doesn't doesn't call us to do that. But when Jesus calls out these ordinary men from the Sea of Galilee, uh, we see that the invitation was going to be very simple. Uh, It was saturated with one of the most significant truths in all of Time and, and that those guys, 
I honestly would fully understand what it was going to take and that Jesus would drive this statement, follow me. Just follow me. They knew what the statement meant. They, they knew what their, uh, their lives would be uh, looking like. They, they honestly knew that life would never be the same again, if we're completely honest. And, and I don't know about you, but when I was uh, called to salvation through Christ, I knew what I was signing up for. I knew it was going to have to be a change. You know, like I heard that my whole entire life uh, growing up. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a inward change, right? An inward change of your, of your heart for an outward response. So, or inward response for an outward change. And so when we look at this, we know that being a follower, being a disciple of Jesus is not going to be easy. Um, it's, not, it's not something that everybody is just signing up to do. It's not popular. It's not popular in today's world to follow him. Um, it's just not. And so here we are. Follow me on this statement this morning just for a few moments. Um, and let's learn to be uh, what a fisher of men looks like. So we're going to dig down a little deeper on what Jesus meant when he said those two words. Uh, what it would really mean for, for Peter and Andrew, uh, two brothers that Jesus called out. And, uh, and so I've, I've, I've titled our, our sermon or our, our, our message today, Don't Follow, Just Lead. Um, I mean, don't, don't lead, just, I, mean, I got it all wrong. Don't lead, <laughs> don't lead, just follow. I knew that didn't sound right. Don't lead. Just follow. So number one this morning, following, following Jesus means Jesus leads always. He leads always. No matter what that looks like in our life, no matter uh, what, what, what may come, Jesus leads always. Now, let's put it into other words, in, in biblical words here. He is our Lord. Okay? He is our leader. He is our master. He is the, the master of our lives. And in today's language, honestly, it would mean that he is our coach. Okay? He's, he's coaching us through life. He is our, he's our boss. Uh, he's the one who's calling the shots, not us. And so when Jesus said the words, just follow me, it should be understood that he is the one that's going to be in charge. And I think this needs to be said, and, and, and it's something that um, I think we all understand on the Christian journey, and it's this, we aren't the leader. Can we get that today? Like, we, we are not the leaders. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not that, that Jesus doesn't want us to lead. It, it's not that uh, he hasn't called me to lead a church. Uh, at the end of the day, he is my leader. And we need to follow him. And when Jesus says, follow me, uh, we have to understand that we're not the one in front. He is. And so what does that look like? Um, the, the, the interesting thing, I think, in this story is if you really think about it, Peter and Andrew were self-employed. Now the thing, they're, they're probably like, they're, they're considered to be the self-employed uh, people, there's a number of thoughts that are out there, um, you know, but they didn't call their own shots, or they did call their own shots. They, they, they were their own boss, 
And so when Jesus came along and said, I want you to follow me, that was the ending to their self-employed lifestyle. If we really and truly think about that. Uh, they were going from a leadership under themselves to now they were going under the, the leadership of another person. Uh, they weren't going to be doing it themselves anymore. They just weren't signing up for a one-year contract. Uh, they weren't signing on for another year in December. They weren't signing up for a 10-year plan. They were signing up for the remainder of their life. And so when you follow Jesus, when you decided uh, in your heart and in your life that you were going to give your heart to the Lord, it was a, a lifetime commitment. It wasn't just a one-year thing. It's not a, I'm going to come in on Sundays and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to spend about two hours a week uh, on Sunday morning uh, just giving up my life for the Lord. And then on Monday, I'm going to get to do what I want to do. And then on Tuesday, I'm going to get to do what I want to do. And on Wednesday, I might give another hour to the Lord. Or, or, or Thursday, I'll come and be a part of Bible study or, or whatever it is. Or, or maybe it's on Saturday, I'll be a part of that small group. But I'm just going to continue doing what I want to do throughout the week. And then on Sunday, I'll be ready to worship again. It doesn't work like that. The, the, the life of a, a disciple does not look like that. Another, another thing about us not being our own leader, is religion is not the leader. Um, there, there's a number of thoughts out there, and, and maybe we just need to clear some of this language up. Sometimes people will ask me uh, that, that don't know Cross Life, they'll say, what's the position of your church? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> uh, what's the position of your church? Or what does the pastor have to say about this? I get those questions on Facebook a lot um, before somebody comes to visit. Like, what, what's, your, what's your stance on this, Pastor? Or you get the emails. Uh, you always get the emails. I haven't got one of those lately. I'll get one this week, though. Watch. Uh, what do you think about this? And they'll, they'll, they'll copy an article from the Salisbury Post or something, and they'll, they'll ask me what I think. Look, I don't know these people from Adam. <laughs> but they want, they want the pastor's opinion. Or, you know what my small group leader said this week? Do you, do you agree with that statement? Uh, you know what was said in Bible college? So let's clear out some language on that. People, people that follow Jesus, if Jesus is the leader, what he says goes. Okay? It ain't about what Pastor Thomas says. It's about what this says. This outweighs me all day long. Because look, Thomas ain't the smartest cookie in the, in the cookie jar when it comes to biblical theology. And some of you guys know more about that stuff than I ever will. Uh, you, some of you have studied the end times for, for the last five years of your life. Thomas, very small fraction. Uh, because it's just something that I, I haven't dived into, dove into. Um, I, know, I know what I believe but a lot of times when we start going into all of those things, that's when we start letting that become our idol. And we got to be careful with that. He's our leader. What he says goes. The church is not the boss. Uh, the pastor of the church is not the master. The teachers are not ultimate leaders. Uh, 
the Bible college is not the executive director. They shouldn't be just calling shots because ultimately Christ is the one that calls the shots. Because listen, this is the thing. Man is going to eventually let you down. Why? Because of sin nature. Because of who we are. Eventually, if you follow me, <laughs> I'm going to mess you up. Don't follow me on the road. <laughs> uh, don't, don't follow me throughout the day. Like this is, this is literally my life every day. And somehow I end back up at point A. Um, don't do that. You follow what God says. It's His words that matter. It's His life that we're trying to pattern ourselves uh, to be. The Apostle Paul said this, follow me, and this is what he said, follow me as I will follow Jesus Christ. I love what John chapter 12, verse 26 says, If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now when we think about it, those are, those are really some big words, are they not? Um, that is uh, some servant-master uh, terms at that point. Uh, these guys, Peter and Andrew, they understood that they weren't tacking Jesus or, or tacking religion on uh, to the end of their lives. Uh, they weren't going to be living their real life and then their spiritual life. It wasn't going to be their real life, and then uh, what they thought their church life should be. It's not uh, that they added an extra routine, like a, a, an extracurricular activity on to enhance that uh, what they were doing and how they were going to do it. Following Jesus meant they were going to give Jesus the lead of their life. And it wasn't just a co-lead. It was this shared responsibility. And following Jesus meant to them that He was the lead, not them, and that he is in the lead always. Always. And so, how do I pattern my life to be a disciple of Jesus? I let him lead me always. Is that hard? Always. <laughs> is it difficult? Absolutely. Has there been times where I have tried to put the cart before the horse? Every day. Is there times where God has had to say, Thomas, slow down? Yes. And so if you had those emotions today, like if you're in this sanctuary today and like those are things that you have had to come across, <laughs> you are not alone. Uh, as a pastor and as a leader uh, of a church, like, you don't know how bad, like, I'm ready to, like, go to the next level. <laughs> like, if anybody knows me, knows that I can't sit still. So I'm, like, always thinking what's next. And then God's just like, Tom, slow down. Slow down. Um, this past week, uh, when they broke ground on the parking lot out there, um, one, I was like, man, that's a big piece of property out there that's getting... A parking lot, you know, and, and the Lord, Lord, kind of rerouted my thoughts a little bit. He's like, Thomas, I'm giving you an opportunity to reach more people, you know, and 
and yeah, we need we need a parking spots now, like uh, on, on Sundays on, when the summer blues hasn't hit the church. Uh, we we need the space, right? Like uh, I think it was two Sundays ago, or or maybe three Sundays ago, when I came outside after preaching, um, there was like three rows of cars um, in that grass, and so we know um, that that half of those spots are going to be used already. But think about this. Think about if you weren't you and I, and for whatever reason, people just kept coming to our church and, and realizing that our parking lot won't want to hold them all. But there's people that ride by the parking lot every single Sunday morning, and they may be saying, they don't have room for me. Um, church, it's a good thing, right? Like, And we need, we, need to, we need to thank God for that, but at the same time, we also need to look at it as... Think about all the lives and all the families that we're going to get to grow up and disciple. That's what it's about. And when Jesus leads us, even, even when he leads us to an unknown area, to something that we just don't know nothing about, uh, listen, construction's not me. <laughs> oh, we found that out last summer in the fellowship hall. Construction is not me. But somebody has a gift for it. Hey, uh, thank God for people that, that know how to build the transportation highways so you and I can get to work every day, right? Like, Jesus leads us always, and when he leads us, and when we come to the full understanding of who he is and why he does what he does, that leads us to number two, that following Jesus means Jesus changes my mind, but he also changes my life. He changes my mind, and he changes my life. So following Jesus is not just some uh, mental exercise that, that we go through. Uh, following Jesus is not having the right theology or knowing the Bible from cover to cover. Uh, listen, you're not gonna you're not gonna know it all. Uh, you're just not. Uh, you can read one chapter a day for the rest of your life and you still will not scratch the surface on what the Bible truly means. Um, it's not the daily verse of the day, even though uh, there's a lot of times where you read that daily verse and it's like, man, God knew exactly what I needed for today. It ain't reading Sarah Young, Jesus Calling, and, and all of a sudden having those thoughts like, man, she's speaking to me. Like God puts those things in our lives so that we can walk accordingly to his purpose and give us that push for today, right? But that's not knowing everything about the Bible. I read this quote this week. And I believe that, that this kind of pertains to what really my point is in this. It says, in the, in the ancient world, a disciple is a follower or an adherent or a teacher. It is not the same thing as being a student in the modern sense. A disciple in the ancient biblical world active, actively imitated both the life and the teaching of the master. It was a deliberate apprenticeship which made the fully formed disciple, listen to this, a living copy of the Master. I want, to think, I want you to think about this really hard today. You can go to church and not be a follower of Jesus. Can we understand that today? Like, you can go to church every Sunday morning. You can be here every time the doors are open but still not be a follower of Jesus. You can know all of the right Bible answers, 
You can tell me Bible scriptures that, that I haven't even uh, comprehended. But that does not make you a follower of Jesus. You know, you can be in a position of service. You can be in a position of leadership. And you can still not be a follower of Jesus. Following Jesus in the way that Jesus expressed it, in the way that Peter and Andrew understood it, it wasn't just called to be this mental understanding. It wasn't just a call uh, to be a student in the way that we understand it in today's culture. It was much more than that. It was a call to be an apprentice. A call to understand that our whole life will just become this carbon copy of who Jesus is and who Jesus wants us to be. A carbon copy of the Master. When I was a kid... Uh, growing up, we we learned a song based on Matthew chapter seven. And if you were uh, a, a teacher for for children uh, growing up, or or maybe you were in a class, you'll understand this. It actually comes from Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty four uh, through twenty seven. I want to read this passage to you. And if you've been a reader of the Bible at, at any point in your life, you'll you'll know the, these verses. Matthew seven twenty four through twenty seven. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. And does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on the house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. And beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So there's two guys in this story. Um, you've got the one wise man who who listened to Jesus, right? And, and and like the song said as a kid, on the rock, 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 on the rock, rock, rock. Anybody ever heard that song? Oh, uh, we we maybe we sang the uh, the contemporized version. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's build the house on the rock. You know, uh, maybe it was the Southern Baptist version. Uh, but building, building your house on the rock is not merely to Jesus. Now I want to know what song y'all were singing. I know that one too. Y'all want to come up here and do that for us? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, wow. So, so we were like on the rock, 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 on the rock, 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 on the rock, rock, rock. Yeah, I don't remember. Let's build. Let's, it's like let's build the house on the rock. Let's build the house on the rock. Um, I'll pull it up for you later. We'll listen to it at lunch today. And so, here's the thing, though. Okay. The difference is this wise man actually did as Jesus would say. The foolish man did not. So the second guy in the parable that he heard uh, this message, he went to church, right? Hey, he probably had all the right answers on the test. He knew what to put. Uh, he knew that the answer probably wasn't always C uh, when on that multiple choice answer. He was probably a decent student, 
right? And, and, and this is the difference, though, between being a student and being a follower. Both people can look the same until the storms of life come. Understand this, like relational issues or uh, financial issues or maybe it's just life in general issues. You know, when something like that comes, this is when things get exposed, the difference in our lives when it comes to being just a churchgoer or, or maybe even a follower uh, of Jesus Christ is when we know it has entered in our ears or it has actually filled our hearts and our lives. And so when we look at this, and when Jesus wasn't just calling out to some of these students, He wasn't looking for somebody that He could just teach some things to. He wasn't just calling out for apprenticeships. He was calling out for, for followers, those who would be willing to be this living copy, this carbon copy of who He was, to walk with Him, to look like Him, to talk like Him. It would be after the Master. So being a follower meant that Jesus changes our minds and that Jesus changes our lives, both of them together. And here's the, here's the third thing I want to show for you today and, and, and really uh, drive this home. Following Jesus means Jesus wants us to be followers 24-7 in the real world. You know, you want to be a follower of Jesus? Start with the 24 hours, seven days a week. Because as I said, it's not... It's not something that we can just decide to do on Sundays and not do it again until Sunday. It's not something that we get to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God uh, that 40-hour like work week, and then the rest of the time I'm going to go do what I want to do. It doesn't work that way. Because if you're going to pattern your life after the Lord, pattern your life after what Scripture teaches us, it's a 24-7 all-out commitment. And listen, I don't know about you, but the world's getting tough. Um, I, I had the opportunity this past week um, to be at the, the crusade downtown. Um, it was Monday night, Tuesday night, and, and Wednesday night. And you want to talk about spiritual warfare, like you could feel it at the Bell Tower Green. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, the pastor that, um, that that was really heading this whole thing up, um, he told us a story on Friday, like, and I felt a little bit of it Monday night, but Tuesday night, like, he sent a text out to all of his leaders in the middle of the service, like, I need y'all to start praying over this place because I just feel the spiritual attack. And he's like, in a matter of 10 minutes, like, he just felt it all go down. The power of prayer, right? Like knowing what to do when you follow Jesus, understanding the whole, the whole, um, the whole point of what it what it looks like and what it means, uh, knowing and discerning the Spirit of God, seeing it, um, and so being that follower, you know, the the core of what we're talking about here, the call uh, for Jesus for for Andrew and Peter to follow him was not just while they were with him. 
Uh, it was a, a full-on life commitment. It's the heart of the series. It's about the real-life disciple-making. But I want to give you a few verses. These are the words of Jesus himself. This is what he was uh, calling his followers to. It wasn't just to a, a church meeting or to a building. It wasn't just to programs. He was looking to people to imitate his life out there in the real world. Look at Matthew five thirteen. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You know this verse. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it shall give light to all of those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And then in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 19, or really verses 19 and 20, I'm just going to hit on verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. He says, go and do it out there. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, he says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So let's, look, let's, let's go a little deeper. We're going to keep we're gonna be, uh, shoveling out, chiseling this out. Uh, following Jesus in the real world means it's going to have an effect on other people. You being a follower of Jesus in the real world means that you're going to have an effect on other people. At ground zero... Okay, of following Jesus is not done through a weekly church service, although that's, that's really uh, what sometimes our week comes out to be. Uh, although we, we highly encourage the corporate worship with your family, right? Like that's, that's something that, that we highly encourage as a church. It is not in the building at Cross Life Church. Listen, it's in your home. How much time do you spend at home compared to the church house? A lot more, right? Like, you need to model it in your home. Ground zero in following Jesus is in the home with your spouse. It's in the home with your child. It's in the home with your family. And that is where the storm beats on the house to find out that if that foundation is really built on the rock or not. Because, listen, if we are firmly built on the rock, then nothing is going to stop you in your home. It's got to be on a solid foundation. When the troubles come, when the heartache comes, what do I always go back to? God's will. When, 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 when all of the things just come crashing down in front of my family, we don't go searching for the world. We go to prayer. Oh, when, when, when things are, are not looking good on a financial basis, when you're looking at the checkbook, and there ain't nothing in the bank, who do you turn to? That's how you know if you're following Jesus or not. It ain't about, oh gosh, I'm going to go work another two hours. Or let me, let, me go, let me go see how I can make more. It's following Him. Like if the Lord has called you to where you're at in your life, then you just have to understand He's going to take care of you. Listen, you, you know the story of when, when God called us out to plant the church. 
If I wanted what I wanted in life, I would have stayed right where I was at. Living a comfortable lifestyle, still pastoring a church. I was still being a leader. I was still doing what God was calling me to do. I was still doing the vocation he called me to do. But I wouldn't have been following him. I would have been following self at that point. And so, yeah, it was hard. It was difficult. I, I remember the early days in July 2018 looking at the bank account. I remember those days. Worrying what's going to happen next week. Worrying about how we're going to make it. When we moved here, Tiff didn't have a job yet. She hadn't started work. We didn't know how the school system was going to be. We had just come from a school system that pretty much just shunned her. And, and she couldn't get a job. And so we're like, are we going to be setting ourselves up for another disappointment? But instead, we, we tried to, to trust God. We tried to give Him our life, give Him our heart, knowing what He was fully calling us to do and understanding that it wasn't about us, that it was all about Him. And there's still days where, you know, we have to go back to that day and see how far God's brought us, see how far God has, has taken us as a family, taken us as a church. Riley was only 11 months old. Uh, seeing her grow up to who she is now, uh, beautiful sight. But if you would ask me five years ago, were you scared? Absolutely. Like 110% scared out of my mind. Uh, one, I had never been around church planting before. Two, I had no idea what I, I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, three, having to go from uh, knowing people and seeing people in my congregation to week after week after week, seeing five or six. <laughs> um, that was difficult in itself. Going from a full-fledged worship to uh, watching YouTube videos to sing with, uh, having, having a, a, a building that, that was completely in, in dis disrepair in the beginning stages at least. Um, thankfully, Miss Alicia came and mopped that floor like 15 times a week and, and, and tried to make it pretty and <laughs> make it spotless. Um, but, you know, you get into those moments, and, and, and this is what happens. When you stay focused on little moments like that, look, it can depress you. And then the next thing you know, you're looking at other avenues of, well, maybe I can follow Jesus this way. Maybe I can do it this way. Or maybe it would be easier if I just, just left and I did something else. Do we understand and do the words of Jesus? Or do we just hearten? You know, following Jesus happens in the real world, right? So following Jesus is when you are at the party, or you are at a ball game, or you are in your neighborhood, or when you are at the store. Following Jesus is in, hey, get, it's in your Facebook post. It's in, it's in your social media post. It's what you do when... Uh, you are alone, uh, and nobody else is looking around. It's mirroring the life of Jesus around everybody that's around you. Man, it, it would be so much easier if it was just something we had to do at church, but it's not. Okay, It's in the real world, too. So a 24-7 commitment is all the time to everyone. It's not a when you feel like it, be a Christian. It's a being a Christian mentality every day of your life. 
And so, you know, when I was a youth and, and went to camp, we would, we would always spend time at the group, as, as a group at the end of the night. Um, usually like 11, 1130 at night. Like we were, we were with our youth group. And sometimes we would sit around a fire. Uh, other times we would sit around in a circle inside this room that they put us in. Um, and, and we would spend time talking about this very thing. Like what does it look like to be a youth a student in 6th to 12th grade, but also a follower of Jesus in, in the world today. And I remember on occasion, if we were sitting around the fire and somebody in the group makes this life-changing decision, they would pick up a piece of a stick or whatever it was, and they would throw it into the fire, letting them know that they were throwing that away. I even remember sitting around the fire sometimes and just looking into the fire. Anybody ever just looked straight into a fire before? Like, you go into deep thought at that point. And you start thinking about all of these things that are around you, things that make you think hard, makes you contemplate some decisions that are needing to be made. But listen, there's no bigger decision that I want you to think about than the one that you have to today. And that's the decision, am I truly going to follow Jesus with everything that is within me or not? It's not a big decision to think about going to church. Oh, look, people do it every week. It's actually an easy decision for, for somebody to make. It's not a, a big decision to maybe learn some new information about God or the Bible, especially in today's world, because you got Google. If you got a question about something, you just Google it, right? Um, thank God for Google. Even those that, that don't believe in God learn about God and the Bible, and they learn from Google most of the time. But I, I want you to think about the biggest decision that you will ever make. And in my opinion, the biggest decision that you're ever going to make in life is if you're going to follow Jesus or not. And if you've never made that decision, I really want you to think hard about making that decision and saying, hey, whatever it is I need to give up, I'm willing to do to follow Him. Whatever bad habit it is that I need to give up to follow Him, I'm going to do it. Whatever decision that, that, that I need to make for my family, maybe it's the seriousness of that decision, you can do that right here this morning. That's what the altar's for. It's to throw it away and to turn to Jesus. So what do we need to do to follow Jesus? Really quickly. First, following Jesus begins at the cross. It absolutely begins at the cross. Some, some try to get to Jesus on their own terms. They think following Jesus is by just coming to church or doing the religious thing or maybe by doing good deeds. Some think they can have their own way to God and, and form this path for themselves. Some think that uh, there's maybe different paths to get to God. But here is the reality. If we're going to follow Jesus, we need to be on His path. And following Jesus begins at the path of the cross. John 14, 6 said, uh, Jesus says the words, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That no man comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus bore your sin, he bore my sin, and he did it at the cross. There is no good work, there is no religious rite, there is no deed, there is no ceremony, there is no uh, marker or sticker that you get for being uh, perfect attendance at church. There, there is no path that, that we can have a relationship with God other than accepting Him as Lord and Savior of our life. And guess what? 
if you pattern your life after Jesus, church attendance will be there. That, that will be a priority in your life. It will be a priority in your family if you pattern your life after Jesus. If He's Lord of your life, guess what? Most likely, you're going to spend time reading the Bible if you're following Jesus. And so guess what? You're going to get that knowledge and get that understanding. If following Jesus is a priority, then guess what? Uh, you're, you're, you're generous through, through your service of serving in the church. That will be a priority. You'll make time for it. If, if you honor God through your finances and you make the Lord of your life uh, to be supreme of your life, then guess what? Giving an offering on Sunday morning isn't going to be an afterthought. You're just going to do it because it's going to be part of your life. It's going to be a priority. Listen, I don't want to get into your budgets in your home today, but is Jesus in your budget? Think about it. One of the first things I teach in the finance class of the church and I'll show everybody our budget. Like, it's nothing to hide. The very first thing you're going to see is our tithe. Because we pattern after Jesus. It isn't, oh gosh, I don't have it to give. It's, what if I don't give it? I know, I know what's happened in the past if I don't. Some of you have probably just turned me off because I started talking about giving. Listen, it's part of the life. Like, my, my goal in life is to be the most generous person that I could ever become. Like, I, I don't want to get out of debt and just soak it all in and build this huge bank account. I want to get out of debt so I can be more generous. I want to be able to write the check and not think about it. That, that's, the, that's where I want to be. And I look forward to that. But it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle. Is it not? In the world today, it's a constant battle because guess what? Hey, I forgot there's three birthdays in the month of June. I gotta, gotta put that in my budget this month. You know, like, there's always something. There's always something in that realm. But listen, when you follow Jesus with everything that you've got, service is not a problem. Church attendance is not a problem. Being a generous giver is not a problem. Growing in your relationship with Jesus is not a problem. Going and telling the world about Jesus is not a problem. All of those things is the mission of cross life. Giving of your lives to serve. Growing through your worship and study. Going and telling the world about Jesus. All of those things are in the middle of being a follower of Jesus Christ. But it also means that we have to fire the old boss, which is ourselves. And that's what stinks. Anybody ever fired themselves before? Like, uh, there's been times at Cross Life, like, I would voluntarily fire myself. <laughs> uh, I've been there before. But we have to fire our own boss, and unfortunately, in our case, that's us. We, we get in our own way of following Jesus. We get in our head. We clog up our own path. And if we're honest, we like to make our own decisions. Don't we? Just like you, if, if we're honest, we, like, we don't like to give up the control factor. How many of us like to have control? 
<laughs> we all like to have control. But listen, in, in, in the life of a, of a believer, it doesn't go that way. We, we too often want to go our own way and follow our own heart. And unfortunately, that means we have to fire ourselves. Luke 9.23, my life verse. My, my, my absolute life verse, my favorite verse in all of Scripture. Jesus said to them all, if anyone, anyone desires to come after me, he must take up his cross. And it's not just one day a week or two days a week or three days a week. He says daily and follow me. No, we have to get to the point where we fire ourselves if you're anything like me, guess what? You fire yourself this morning, that old boss is going to show back up tomorrow. And guess what? He's going to want his job back. Because that's me, right? Like, I, I would be the guy that would walk away from a job, and then I would come back the next day and like, man, I'm ready to work again. You know, they, they say... They say uh, most pastors resign on Monday mornings. <laughs> By Monday afternoons, they want their job back. You know, because we just get so frustrated sometimes. Like, how many of you get frustrated in your work? It's no different in the life of a pastor. <laughs> it's real. Frustration sometimes overtakes us. But listen, as long as we follow Jesus and we just continue to... Uh, to look at the mission of what a disciple really is, I promise you, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is more qualified than you and I will ever be. And then lastly, this morning, we'll have a worship team come up. Let's follow together. Let's follow together. Jesus didn't call just one disciple. He called a group of people. They weren't just one group. They were absolutely together. And we would do good today to follow together and to embrace this journey of what oneness really looks like. Um, and let's be honest. Like, we are so much better together than we are as individuals. And a church that is together ultimately will stay together. A church that is together stays on mission together. And so this is my thing to you today. Do everything that you can to pattern your life after Jesus. Do everything that you can to pattern your family after Jesus, to pattern your small group that maybe you lead after Jesus, to pattern your family, to, to pattern all of it. This is about the third time I've shared this in the last few weeks. If you haven't got plugged into a small group, like that's where real life takes place. I promise you. That's where growth an individual will take place. Uh, uh, Tiffany and I had the opportunity to sit in uh, Wayne and Ashley's uh, life group yesterday. And uh, that's, that's, that's really like the first time I can remember me and Tiff being able to sit in a group and us not be teaching it uh, in a long time. And so, like, it was pretty awesome just to take part in discussion and not have to necessarily be the one leading it. And... Uh, of course, they talked about being a hurried family, and I told Dwayne I would never come back now um, because that, that spoke to me, and, and God knows uh, our life is a hurried life. But it was just good to, to sit down with other people 
and, and, to, and to be in a study with my wife for a change. You know, it's nice to plug in wherever you need to plug in. Just plug into a group. Start doing life together and understand that it's just part of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we love you. God, in this moment, uh, I just pray that, that something that was said today will stick. God, that we would, um, we would pattern our life after you. Lord, that we would understand that, that you are in the lead, not us. Lord, you're in the lead of this church, not me. Uh, God, you're in the lead of this church, not our, not our leaders. And Lord, I just pray that you would drive this church. Uh, Lord, that you would just take the will, and, and God, you would just have your will and have your way. Lord, right now we pray for our, our congregation. Lord, as we have this time of invitation and we, we sing a song, Just As I Am. Lord, that's how you want us. You want us just as we are. And God, you want us just to focus solely on you. Lord, let us not live a lifestyle that's a one-day-a-week follower or two-day-a-week, but God, that, that we would pattern our life after you seven days a week, 24 hours a day. God, we just ask that you open up hearts right now. Lord, if there's one person here that's struggling in their relationship with you and they need to turn from that way, Lord, I pray today they would, they would make that decision and get it right. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name, amen.